0: that you figured out how to get here this morning. I know for some of you, it was probably a lot of work, right, to make the details happen for you to get here. But thanks for worshiping with us this morning on this special Resurrection Sunday. And I hope for you today that it is not just like every other Resurrection Sunday. I hope today, as we continue just to be in the presence of God, that you sense the Christ that we call our Savior, you sense his love, in a tangible way. We have prayed so much over the last couple of weeks, just really focusing in on wanting everyone, right? Whether you've known Jesus for your whole life or whether you haven't accepted him as your savior, for people to tangibly feel how much he loves each one of us. And today is Resurrection Sunday, and I know, man, there is so much to celebrate. And today we're gonna look at scripture And we're going to talk about Easter, but we're going to talk about why the resurrection matters. Because without the resurrection, there's no point to anything that we've done today. And we're going to talk about that. It's not just about Easter bunnies. It's not just about candy. And all those things are great. But what matters is that the Jesus that we call Savior is alive. he's living. Amen? So... Just a little re- quick reminder, a little housekeeping. If you have not filled out a, a connect card, you're going to want to because at the end of today, after we pray, we're going to do giveaways. We've got some really big gift card or give away, g- gift card giveaways. So make sure you fill that out. If you're a rock sider, put any information on there that's updated, but put your name on and we'll do those at the end. I know that seems a little not spiritual, but it's it's celebratory, right? It's celebratory, and we want to celebrate just Jesus today and his goodness. And we want to bless some folks today at the end of the service. So, um, And we'll, we'll have the ushers and things collect those a little bit later, but make sure you're filling that out. But Jesus is the risen king, amen, who is victorious over death, recognized by his disciples, validated by scripture, and enthroned over all creation. We were just singing about it, right? His name above all things. That truth changes our faith, our theology, and life. The resurrection also changes our practical living. You see, the resurrection isn't just a doctrine to believe, it's not just some great thing to believe in, but it's a truth that should change our behaviors, how we live, how we love, and how we lead our lives. Let's pray this morning as we get into scripture. Father, we thank you for your presence here today, that we celebrate you, our risen Savior. Lord, we ask that you would just illuminate truth. Thank you for the living word of God that transforms us. God, I pray today that you will speak through your word to hearts and souls. And God, we thank you that you love each one of us. God, I pray that you will compel, you will draw some that have been away from you today. You'll draw them in closer. Father, for some that may have never even asked you to be Lord and Savior today, God, I pray that they will open up their heart to you. God, we, we stand in awe of what you've done for us, the price that you paid for us, for our sins. God, we thank you for that. And God, may we live our lives in honor of that. Holy Spirit, I pray you speak through me today. We thank you, Father, in your precious name. Amen. I want to tell you, I was deciding whether or not I was going to share this, but um, had been working on this message, and um, I normally don't have any issues with Mac, um, haven't ever. And um, this morning I was making some edits and lost all the things that I had worked on this week in the editing process. And so... Obviously, I, you know, I've studied and I know, but I was like, well, I guess, Lord, that's one way when I was asking you to take out the things that don't need to be in there, right? It just, (laughs) so I just, I thought I would just share a little bit of raw with you. Um, You know, as, as pastor, it's difficult sometimes as a messenger, right? To be able to say, God, what's your heart for people today? And um, I pray today that, that you will be able to leave here different, that you'll be able to leave with a different perspective um, so all right, so got a little little story. So think about this for a moment. The most famous person that you know who has died recently. all right? So get that person in your mind. Um, somebody who has made every television broadcast, all right? Everybody knows about it. Imagine, a few days later, as you're watching the TV, a breaking news alert interrupts, and the anchor explains that that firm, famous person has come back to life. The nation is in shock. As you change the channel to many different channels, you discover that this news is the subject on every station. You go to work and everybody's talking about it. You browse the internet and everybody is posting and blogging about the fact that they came back to life. This is monumental. This is impossible. This has never happened before. Or the question is, has it? Obviously, that was fictitious, but if we are not in awe of the resurrection of Jesus as a historical event, we may only just see it as a fairy tale. We need to understand that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is not just a story that we read. It's a historical account that has absolute proofs over many different ways of what happened to Jesus. It is not just a fairy tale. It's not just a story. It's a historical event that happened. The resurrection is scientifically impossible, but historically true. The resurrection of Jesus is history-making, earth-shaking, life-transforming, and eternity-changing truth. That's the actuality. You may believe it, but do you understand how the resurrection changes your life? And that's what we're going to talk about today. Why the resurrection matters. You may comprehend the theology behind it, but has it changed your behavior? Knowing what you know about the resurrection, Jesus being dead and coming back to life, and what that means for us in our lives. So good. When I look at world history, it resembles a lot of a cosmetic chess match between God and Satan, so picture this, right? An epic series of moves and countermoves to determine the destiny of mankind. It's almost like one of those like sci-fi movies. And Easter displays this reality in a deep and moving way. We see it through scripture. God makes a move, then Satan counters with a move. God creates angels, Lucifer rebels against God and gets evicted from heaven, taking a bunch of angels with him. God creates people. Satan tempts them to sin, turning the earth over to his control. God then responds, providing a redemptive covering for his children. On and on it goes, all throughout history, all throughout the Old and New Testament. This is not a battle, though, between equal forces. Let's get that right. All right? It's a battle between a creator and a creation. All right? God, the creator, The devil being a creation, so it's not an equal battle. Then there was this 400 years break between the Old and New Testament. It must be God's turn because when you open up in Matthew, it's the lineage of Jesus Christ. And so God himself enters into human history. Jesus comes. God sends his only son to the earth to be in the flesh, to walk with us, to know what it's like. Satan counterattacks, tempting Jesus in the wilderness and trying to sabotage his mission. And then, of course, just this week, as we've talked about Good Friday, and then Satan aims to deliver a definitive blow, right? He must destroy the Son of God. So one Friday, right, one Good Friday, Jesus is crucified. And Satan thinks he, he's won. He thinks that he's got it all covered. But we know the difference, right? We know Jesus had to go to the cross to pay for our sins. He had to be buried and and die because it was prophesied that way. And we also know that he had to be raised again on today, on Resurrection Sunday, right? We know that. It talks about it in Scripture. So let me ask you this question today. What if there had been no resurrection? What if there had been no Easter during that time, however long ago? Have you ever thought about that? It would certainly change our lives. We would not be here. There would be no reason to preach. There would be no reason to gather or worship. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 28. We're going to look at a few verses this morning. I want you to ponder that, though. What if there had not been a resurrection? We know that there is, but that's the question. That's the challenge for this morning. What if there had not been one? Turn with me to Matthew chapter 28, verses one through 10. I'm reading from the, the NLT, the New Living Translation, this morning. You guys doing good? Yeah. All right. You with me? Amen. Okay, good. I'm a little passionate this morning, which yeah. is a good thing, right? Because yeah. it's Resurrection Sunday, and I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for what God has done in my life, and I don't deserve it. I don't deserve his grace and his mercy, and he just pours it out over and over, and I'm overwhelmed by that and grateful. And I'm thankful for his word, Matthew 28 verse 1 says this, early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Wouldn't you like to be the other Mary? You know, like, poor thing, didn't get a last name. Um, So then, you you know, Mary, they went out to visit the tomb, all right. Says this, suddenly there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and rolled aside the stone and sat on. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear. Now, these were Roman soldiers. These were not wimpy men. They had been trained as killers, all right? So these were not simple folk. They were terrified, Scripture says. They shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Imagine that. Then the angel spoke to the women, the who, the who, the women. Interesting, right? I find this interesting. Don't be afraid. He said, I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He has risen from the dead. Just as he said, it would happen. Come see where the body was lying. And now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. The angel says to these women, after they realize that Jesus isn't there, to go and tell The brothers, the disciples, to go tell the men. We're going to talk about that in a minute. The women, it says, ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened, I can imagine. They loved Jesus, right? They trusted him. They knew what he had said, that he was going to rise again, but still, that had to be pretty incredible to experience coming to the tomb where you know you saw them put Jesus in there and then him not be there. Imagine that says that they were very frightened but they were also filled with joy and they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message and as they went say this with me and as they went it says Jesus met them I don't know about you but when I was reading that that brought such just peace to my heart as They went, as you go, as you're walking, whatever your journey is, Jesus met them. I don't know where you're at right now. I don't know what journey you're on. I don't know what you're facing. But as you go, Jesus meets you in your space. Amen? I'm so thankful that we don't have to do this alone. So thankful for Jesus and what he has done. Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him and grasped his feet and worshiped him. They fell to his feet. They knew he was the resurrected Christ. And then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave Galilee and they will see me there. Pause in this moment. Think about if you were those women, what would it be like to see the risen Christ and him to meet you right there in person? And then to know that you were the one that was given the message to go tell that Jesus is resurrected. I don't think you get how big that is. Women back in those days were not educated. They were, they were really nothing. So for Jesus to appear to the women, for him to tell the women to then go tell the men is a big deal. What that says about the resurrection, that if the resurrection was a lie, you certainly wouldn't have had women be the ones to be the eyewitnesses of it. You would have had men go to the tomb first. But that's not what happened. One of the proofs, that's just one. There's a lot of them. But one of them is that the women were the first to eyewitness it. That wouldn't have been the smartest way to try to get a lie covered up. Nobody would have believed them. It's incredible, our God. Our God and what he does, and how he sets things up. Amen? So again, what if there had been no Easter? We know the account of Jesus being on the earth, right? Being sent from God the Father to die for our sins. Jesus Christ carried the sin of the world on his shoulders when he hung on the cross. We know that Jesus physically died on that cross, and we know that it was a terrible death. You know why they... they, whipped him 39 times, because at 40, you're dead. So they did it one less. Incredible. Incredible what our Savior went through for our sin, each one of us, for all of mankind. And again, let's remember, he chose that. He didn't have to do that. God so loved the world that he sent his son, but his son still had a free will that he could have chosen. And he didn't. Out of his love, he went to the cross for us. His last words that Jesus recorded in John 19 said, It is finished. And then he gave up his spirit. And then in our text, we come along and that same Jesus who died on the cross was buried in a tomb, again, protected by Roman guards. They were serious about that protection. They didn't want anything to happen. So they were going to make sure that Jesus wasn't going to get stolen out of the tomb or they weren't going to make it look like a certain way. So they made sure it was sealed and it was guarded. And now the resurrection Savior has risen. So what are you going to do with this information? What are you going to do with the resurrected Christ? What are you going to do with what Jesus has done? That's a question you need to ask yourself today. You see, some people believe it in their hearts that that Christ is resurrected and they rejoice on their personal Savior being raised from the dead. Some have heard this several times, and they'll do nothing with the information. They'll treat it as an event. Now, oh, that was nice. doesn't really affect my life. They'll go on with their life and live it how they want. Some this morning, though, this is going to hit home for the first time, or maybe as a reminder. And this Jesus will change your lives. He will become personal to you, and maybe for the first time. Just like Jesus resurrected, there will be newness of life for many this morning, if you choose. But you've got to do something with this resurrection, what Jesus has done. Easter, by definition, is a feast celebrating the resurrection of Christ. And that's what we're celebrating today. We are celebrating that our Savior is not dead in the tomb. He's alive, and because of that, we can be alive, and we can have freedom, and we can have healing because of what Christ has done for us. Amen? Amen. See, the Easter bunny is great, and he's loved by children, right? The candy's wonderful, but that's not the real meaning of Easter. I'm not anti-bunny. We had a bunny today. We had pictures, right? We're not anti that. Getting a new suit or dressing up nice, it's not Easter. It's great. It's fun to do, right? Pictures, memories. We do all that. We do photos. Getting together with family is wonderful, but that is not what Easter is. Easter is celebrating the resurrection of Christ and what Jesus has done for us. Amen? Amen. And that's what we're doing today. So what if there had been no Easter? I want to read an illustration to you. Have you ever heard of Harry Houdini? Anybody in here? Back in the day, all right, a few of us, all right. So he died in October of 1926. His claim to fame was that he was a master magician who made spectacular escapes. He was said to have laughed at locks, said to have the flexibility of an eel, and to have the nine lives of a cat. They did all kinds of things to incarcerate him, they sealed him in a coffin but he escaped. They locked him in a milk can, but he escaped. They sewed him in a canvas bag and sealed him in a beer barrel, straight jacket upside down in water. He escaped every time. They even put him in a maximum security prison, but he got out. But October 1926, death finally caught up with Harry Houdini and put him in the grave. He told his wife before he died, if there's If there is any way out, I will find it. If I get out, I will contact you on the anniversary of my death. For ten years, ten years, she kept a light burning over his picture. Then one day, she turned the light out. She finally admitted that death had come for Harry Houdini, and he couldn't escape. Guys, for all of us, death is coming for all of us. At one point, at some point, we were born, and we will die at some point. Death had laid his hands on Jesus. That's a fact. Jesus did die. They put a stone in front of the grave, but he rose again. He came back to life. He left his grave closed, so much so that he folded the napkin, which in that culture, Jewish culture, when they fold the napkin and leave it on the plate, it means they're coming back. So even the fact that he folded his grave clothes is a message to us that Jesus is coming back for his people. Amen. Amen. Jesus Christ is alive. But we have a responsibility and we have a response. He's not behind us in the grave. He's before us on the throne. So humor me a minute. Suppose that Jesus didn't get out of the grave like Houdini. Now, again, we know he did, but suppose that he didn't. (laughs) What would that look like for us today? Yeah, sad. We'd have no power, no ability to conquer sin, nothing. I don't know that we ever think about that. There's so much to be thankful for, and we take it for granted, what Christ has done for us, his death and his resurrection. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We're going to look at another portion of scripture. Paul talks to us a lot about this in 1 Corinthians. You guys still doing good? Yeah. Okay. This is important, important stuff. 1 Corinthians 15, 12 through 19. Talking about the resurrection of the dead, all right? Paul says, but tell me this, since we preach that Christ rose from the dead... Why are some of you saying there will be no resurrection of the dead? For if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, then all of our preaching is useless, and your faith is useless. And we apostles would all be lying about God, for we have said that God raised Christ from the dead. But that can't be true if there's no resurrection of the dead. And if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are guilty of your sins. Mm. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied, pitied than anyone else. We would be paying for our own sins, dying for our own sins. If none of this occurred, and if Christ not be risen, then our preaching would be in vain. So I want us to think about that. Number one, our preaching would be futile. Futile means empty, no purpose, a waste of time. If there's no Easter, I'm wasting my time preaching, and you are certainly wasting your time listening. If there's no resurrection, there's no Easter. If Christ is still in the grave, you're serving a dead God like all the religions in the world. Jesus, being alive, separates him from all the rest. All the rest are dead. Jesus Christ is alive. He was buried, raised on the third day. That is the gospel, and that's why it's called good news, because we can have the hope to join him in heaven, to not only join him in heaven, but walk with him on the earth and to not be alone. That is the gospel. No preacher can preach the gospel unless he preaches the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. So if it didn't happen, our preaching would be futile. Our faith, number two, would be foolish. That means that you would put your faith in something that doesn't deserve your trust. That I would put my faith in something that doesn't matter. Who wants to put their faith in Jesus if he's dead? Who would do that? Why would we talk about it? Why would people give their lives for something that is dead, has no purpose, has no life? Romans 10, 9 and 10, and that's not on the notes. Um, turn with me there. It says this. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. That is so important. Declaring that Jesus is Lord, believing that he died and rose again, that is the gospel. Other religions, they've lived, they died, and they're dead. Jesus lived, Jesus died, Jesus rose again and lives forevermore. We do not serve a dead Savior. Amen? Number three, sin would still have a hold on us if the resurrection didn't happen. We would all be dead in our sin and being able to pay the penalty of your sins. Now listen. If you know Jesus Christ and you've asked him to wash you of your sins, you're not thinking about those things. But if Jesus didn't come and die and resurrect, you wouldn't have that ability to have that forgiven. You'd be carrying the weight of all of your sin from the time you were born until now. And you would have to pay the penalty of that. Aren't we glad that Christ came? Aren't we glad that he rose again from the dead so that we don't have to pay for our own sins? sin would have a hold on us. If Christ is still in the grave, we would be lost and hopeless. Because God raised Jesus from the dead, it is proof that Jesus paid the price in full. Romans 6.23 talks about, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. If, if Christ is not risen, think about this for a minute. The disciples who were with them for all those years, they bled, they suffered, they were beat, they were martyred, they died for a lie. You would figure one of them would give up, right? No, we were just kidding. We, we really didn't believe. You would figure one of them. No. They were martyred, beaten for the cause of Christ because they knew who Jesus was. They'd walked with him. They saw the miracles. You can't dispute fruit. doesn't matter what anybody says. When you see a miracle happen, you can't dispute that. A man may live for a lie, but few will die for a lie. Number four, death would control us. It means mothers and fathers and loved ones, children who died in Christ, we wouldn't see them again. It would just be over. When death comes, it. Just go to the grave and that's all there is. That would still our joy and the hope of a future. Aren't you thankful that because of Christ we have a hope of a future? We're just passing through here for 80 some years if we get lucky, right? We're hanging out on earth, moving around, right? Getting older. Mm-hmm. I don't know about some of you. I know. I'm like leaning towards 50 and going, wow, this is interesting. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm excited for that glorified body in heaven here at some point because, woo, these eyes. Anyways, um, but anyways, death would have a hold of us, but we know when we're in Christ, sure, we die at some point, but then we, our spirit goes to heaven if you know Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you'll live eternally. Yeah. Bring that on. I am excited about eternity. Thank you. So we have good we have good news today. Because he lives, we can live also. Death does not have to have a hold on you. Does that excite anybody in this room? Yeah. I got loved ones who are in heaven. I can't wait to see him again. Amen. There's evidence of God's love because God sent his only son, John three sixteen, right? so that we wouldn't perish, but we would have eternal life. How often, if you have children, do you say, I love you, to them? You see, kids understand love when proclamation is backed by demonstration. Your ability to meet them in the areas where they're struggling or need comfort, your capacity to offer the time that they crave with you is important. We understand love through action. How much more? do we need to understand that God loves each one of us, that God loves you? How much more does he need to offer than sending his one and only son to come here to earth to live for 33-plus years and then to give his life for our sins? How much more does he need to prove to you how much he loves you? And yet he allows us to choose God doesn't force his love on anybody. He doesn't force anybody to live for him. He just offers it as an invitation. The king of the universe loves you, and he demonstrated that love on the cross. Proof of his love was God sending his son for you, for me. All right? And there's proof of forgiveness. When you go shopping, which I'm sure a lot of you guys have done in the last week, You understand that when you go shopping, you have to pay for it. When you pay, you're usually issued a receipt. The receipt validates the purchase, proves that you paid for that, right? If there's ever a question about the item, the receipt proves that you made that payment. According to Scripture, Christ's resurrection serves as a sort of receipt from God to prove that our sins are forgiven. Amen? When we confess our sin and ask Jesus to be our Lord and Savior, salvation itself is already secure. Issuing a receipt for that was actually God's idea. Jesus paid the price in full for your sin. Why would we reject that? Why would we not offer that invitation to have our sins paid in full? by receiving Jesus' gift of salvation. But so many do. They reject Jesus. Maybe they've been hurt before. Unfortunately, church has hurt people. Maybe you're here today and you've been hurt by church leaders or by a church. And I just want to tell you, listen, that's not Jesus. Okay? Church and leadership are people that God uses, yes, but are very imperfect jesus the one who died on the cross for our sins is not like that and if you're here today and you've been hurt by the church or by leadership i pray that you can make your way back to jesus because i promise you he will not hurt you he loves you he paid the price for you amen Amen. you see this side of heaven we will always deal with the consequences of sin but remember, the eternal bill for your sins have been paid. Amen. What are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with this information about the resurrection? How are you going to respond? How are you going to walk out of here different than when you walked in because of the truth of Scripture? Worship team, if you would come up and, and get prepared. You know, every one of us has a moment of decision. Decision. A moment that is special before God. It's the moment that He speaks to us and we choose to respond. It's a time that we quit playing church and we start a relationship with Jesus. Are you ready to start a relationship with Jesus? Are you ready to recommit a relationship with Jesus? Is that time for you today? Will you allow God to do what he's been wanting to do in your life for a long time? Will you stop trying to do it your own way? These are great questions, and I pose them to you to challenge you today. Everything can change for you today if you allow it. You see, Jesus is asking you this morning to repent of your sins whether you've done it many times before or whether you've never done it before, for you to say that you're sorry and to turn away from sin. That's what repentance is. It's turning away from your sin and going the opposite way. Today he wants to become Savior and Lord of your life because he loves you and he wants to spend eternity with you. There is a real hell that is created for the devil and his angels and everybody else that chooses to reject Jesus, to reject his gift of love and grace, his gift of eternal life. I, I just, I struggle when you've been given so much and such a great gift. Why so many reject it? But that, that will happen. That will be the case. But that doesn't have to be you. And today, you can choose to accept Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. Now, I know in doing this, it takes boldness to step out, to say, you know what, Lord? I've been doing it on my own, and it's not working. And I want to follow you. I want to know you personally as my Lord and Savior. So across this room right now, if you'll just bow your heads close your eyes. No one's going to be looking around except me. And I want to pray with you this morning. You know, this is a special moment. You are here not by accident, whether you're a rock sider that's been here since the beginning or whether you're a guest with us today. And we're so glad that you are a guest with us today. But you need to understand that you are here because Jesus wanted you here. He wanted you to hear this message And he asks, how are you going to respond today? And so in this moment, this special moment, I want to ask you, is there anyone here you want to just say yes to Jesus today? You want to invite him to be your Lord and Savior? I want to be able to pray with you this morning. And if that's you, if you would just raise your hand across this room, across this sanctuary, So that I know who you are. Nobody else is going to be looking. But I want to be able to pray for you this morning. So is there anybody here today? Yes, I see that hand over on the right. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, anybody else? We're going to just pause in this moment. Today is the day of decision. Will you choose to invite Jesus to be your Lord and Savior? Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. If you raised your hand today, as I pray this prayer, I want you just to agree in your heart with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I come before you, and I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Lord, I confess my need of a Savior. Lord, I believe that you died on the cross and you rose again. And Lord, I invite you into my life, to be my Lord and Savior. God, I thank you that you will walk with me every day of my life. And Lord, I thank you for the peace that comes from knowing you as my Lord and Savior. We thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord, in your precious name. Thank you, Jesus. Now, if you raised your hand and you prayed that prayer this morning, I want you to fill out that Connect card and on there, write that down that you said yes to Jesus this morning because I want to talk to you this week. We have a special gift for you and we want to walk with you on the journey to knowing Jesus because that's what it is. The rest of us that know Jesus as Lord and Savior, we're on a journey of knowing him. Amen. And I want to do this too this morning because one of the things we had prayed about is for the prodigals. For those that maybe you've known Jesus at one time or another, but you just, you've been away. You've just been a little far away from Jesus. And so let's do this just out of honor. Can we bow our heads again? Because I want to give one more opportunity to pray this morning. And this is for those of you, again, maybe you've known Jesus. You accepted him maybe when you were young. But you've walked away. You're not walking in his truth. You're not living according to scripture. You're doing it your own way. And today you're saying, Pastor Michelle, I'd like to rededicate my life. I'd like to come back to Jesus. And I want to live for him in fullness. His grace and his mercy is here. His love for you is here today. It's not out of condemnation. It's out of his grace and his love. He just says, come home. Don't wait any longer. And so, if there's anybody here today and you would just like to rededicate your life, just raise your hand because I want to pray with you as well. Is there anyone here at the sound of my voice? You're saying, Yes, I'd like to rededicate my life to Jesus this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. thank you for everybody that's here. God, I thank you for those that know you. Lord, I pray today that you will just speak to them in a new and fresh way. God, I pray a revelation of your love in greater measures would just surround them. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, that your victory that you won on the cross would be able to be experienced by everybody here today. God, I thank you that you've given us strength. You've given us all that we need to live for you each and every day. And Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit would give us the power to continue to do that. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your presence here in this moment. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus.